0: Welcome to Leading the Way. Up next, you'll look at what the Bible says about healthy living in a sick world. From pastor and best-selling author, Dr. Michael Youssef. Christians actively using and growing their spiritual gifts partner with God to touch and to heal the sick in our world. But there are those who are not using their gifts, and Satan exploits this for his own advantage. Satan
1: understands how valuable the spiritual gifts are. And that is why if he can get God's people confused and undiscerning, to get him to end up corrupting the whole church. 50% of pastors in America are afraid to preach biblical truth. This is their own admission. And that is why Paul said in verse 1, Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant.
0: Okay, imagine your mom or someone you love so much giving you a very special gift. But instead of opening it and thankfully enjoying it, you put it on a shelf or you throw it in your car and you just forget about it. The gift becomes useless. And that's what happens when you ignore your spiritual gifts. Today on Leading the Way, Dr. Youssef guides you through the importance necessity, and effective use of the gifts of the Spirit outlined in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So listen with me for a faith-challenging message. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, these
1: incredibly lavish gifts that are given to us by the King of all kings as a spiritual birthday gifts, each received a very generous spiritual gift Most of us have more than one gifts from the King of all kings. Now, there are some who have never unwrapped their gift. There are some who still have these gifts in a box on a shelf somewhere. But the Scripture tells us that each believer has received at least one gift, at least one. You were lavished and blessed by the gift of the King of all kings. Now, Over the years, I have learned that the reason many believers don't unwrap their gift, and there are two in number, two reasons that I've learned through the years. As many of you know, I've traveled the globe, so I saw the church in every facet, in every one of the six continents. The two reasons why people don't unwrap and use their gift, first, there are some who feel that their gift is not really important in the scheme of things. It is not an important gift. And they look at others and say, oh, that's an important gift, but mine is really not important. Their use of the gift or gifts are not going to make any difference. It's not really going to make a huge difference, so they kind of sit on their blessed assurance. They think that their gift is not worthwhile at all, so they never use it. In fact, the Apostle Paul deals with this kind of thinking in verses 15, 16, and 17. The second reason for why people don't use their gift. Is that some believers feel that they are overqualified for their gift. They really do. I have watched of how some just want the gifts of others. They don't, satisfied with the gift that God gave them. They're not contented with the royal gift that the King of all kings gave them. Uh, So they ignore it, and they become depressed in life, and they don't know why. And Paul deals with that in verse 21. I want you to hear me right. This is important. God's Word rejects both of these excuses. Can I get an amen? It rejects. The Bible teaches that neither the alleged inferior gifts nor pride is pleasing to the Lord. None of them are pleasing to the Lord. Now, let's look at what the Apostle Paul is saying here in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. He said, "...to defeat ignorance..." you have to have discernment. Verses 1 to 3. Secondly, he's saying, discovering and using your spiritual gift is a must. Verses 4 to 19. And thirdly, he's saying, for a body to be healthy, for a body to be whole, every member of the body must stick to their gift, to his or her gift. Now, let's look at these very quickly. Satan knows the importance of spiritual gifts. He really understands it better than most Christians of how important the use of these spiritual gifts in the church are. He really does. He comprehends that. So what does he do in order to weaken the church? He produces counterfeit gifts. He produces look-alike gifts. He produces false gifts. And the Corinthian church, like some churches of today, they were seriously affected by the counterfeit gifts. You say, how can you tell the difference between the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the counterfeit gifts? A great question. I'm glad you asked it. Two words. The fruit. The fruit. Say it with me. The fruit. It's the fruit. The way to distinguish between the counterfeit gifts and the gifts of the Holy Spirit whether a person is exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit or not. That's the way to do it. Is there love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Because the counterfeit gifts produces division and murmur and a critical spirit and refusal to submit to spiritual authority. The gifts of the Holy Spirit build up the body of Christ, while the counterfeit gift destroys the body of Christ. The gifts of the Holy Spirit produces harmony and unity and speaking the truth and love to one another. The counterfeit gifts exhibit selfishness and self-promotion. In the city of Corinth, where paganism was rampant, and therefore there were soothsayers, there were divinations and mystery religions, and these had all kinds of magical power to prove their claims. And within a very short period of time, when the church was established in the city of Corinth, Satan showed up. Satan showed up. (laughs) And he began to muddy the spiritual water, as he always does, regarding biblical teaching in the church of Corinth. Here's a fact. Whenever God is doing work, whenever God starts doing work, Satan is always at the heels with counterfeit activities. Some of you might think that Satan and his demons, they spend their time, invest their time and energy with the gangsters and the drug dealers and the prostitutes, and they think that this is really where Satan is. Please, please, please think again. They are not going to waste their time on those who already belong to them. Why would they do this? No. Listen to me. Satan and his demons spend most of their time among Christians. They really do, particularly churches that believe in the Word of God. And he works slowly but surely through non-discerning Christians to undermine their confidence in the Word of God. He works slowly but surely to bring doubt as to the uniqueness and the authority of the Word of God, to bring doubt concerning the teaching of the Scripture. From the very beginning, Satan's most famous words were, Did God really say? Did God really say? And you see, once he brings that doubt, once he brings this doubt, slowly but surely, all of a sudden, the church found itself a church in full retreat from biblical authority. In fact, I believe that Satan invests most of his time engaging influential pastors, compulsion of warning, exalting pastors, because I believe with all of my heart, Satan is focusing on pastors. Think about it. If he can get one of those influential megachurch pastors to undermine the Scripture through him, he's already impacted tens of thousands of people through one person. That's called multiplication. (laughs) Beyond his wildest imagination, he can accomplish his goal, he can accomplish his purpose by focusing on one Why would he get all of his demons busy working and all the followers when he can reach one megachurch pastor to influence tens of thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands of others? The Bible says the Antichrist will be performing miracles. Did you know that? He will be performing miracles. And think about this. Think about this with me. Think about Christians that you know who are so easily get swept off their feet by something spectacular. Think about non-discerning Christians that you know who would be taken in line, hook, and sinker when they see something spectacular. Hear me right, please. Satan understands how valuable the spiritual gifts are. And that is why if he can get God's people confused, and undiscerning to get him to end up corrupting the whole church. Fifty percent of pastors in America are afraid to preach biblical truth. This is their own admission. And that is why Paul said in verse 1, Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. How can you combat ignorance? By discernment. The second thing he says, verses 4— to 19, discovering and using your spiritual gift is a must. You're not doing anybody a favor. That is the natural response and gratitude for receiving that gift. Listen carefully. The quarrels, the factionalism, the divisions, the compromising of biblical truth, the immorality, the abuse of Christian liberty, all of these things were happening in Corinth and the Corinthian church, because they were not discerning Christians. It is not surprising, therefore, that all of this had led them to be unhappy. They were unhappy with their spiritual gifts. They were discontented with it. They were envious, and they're wanting somebody else's gifts. And they were pouting, looking down at their gifts that God gave them, and sit and say, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this. All of these things are sign of carnality. Listen to me. That is why Paul's analogy of the physical body is vitally important. This was not just an off-the-cuff thing. This is something very significant, very important, analyzing the human body and relating it to the body of Christ. Because in Corinth, the person who was an ear wanted to be an eye, (laughs) and the eye wanted to be a hand. And the one who's a foot was placing it deeply into his mouth. You see, their selfishness and envy, which was manifested in their pouting and protesting, that leads into disaster always, always leads into a disaster. That's how some believers are behaving in the church of Jesus Christ. And let's say, Paul was incredulous about this. Hear me please. This kind of attitude is a front the wisdom of God and the love of God. Why? Because what they are saying is this, I don't like the gift that the Holy Spirit gave me. I don't like where the Holy Spirit has placed me. Unless I become a hand, I will not perform my function in the body. Beloved, this is an affront to God. It has nothing to do with even the structure of the church. It's an affront to God Himself. Every time you meet a critical, cantankerous Christian, you can be sure that he or she is not using their spiritual gift. <laughs> Mark my word. Because this is not only a front to God, but it causes the body of Christ to languish. Which brings me to the third point that he makes. You defeat ignorance by discerning. You use your spiritual gift as a must. And he said any healthy body has to have all the members of the body, all the organs in the body functioning. Now, I think many of you have heard what I have heard through the years. Is they call it the 80-20 principle. The 80-20 principle is that 20% of the people do all the serving, do all the ministry, do all the giving, do all, all the sacrificing, where 80% are just receiving. listen, any church that does not have all the members using their spiritual gifts like it's in the human body. If you, The eye is there, but, but it's not functioning. you only function with one eye. Or the ears, both of them are there, but one is not functioning. One is. Or the foot, one is functioning and the other one is not. Or the hands, one is functioning, one is not. Or as in the nose, if you get a blocked nose… <laughs> See, these organs may be there. They may not be missing, but they're not functioning. Just think about this in terms of the human body. You see, the philosophy that says, I am sufficient and I need nobody else, that is Satan's philosophy. You know, in my book, The Leadership Style of Jesus, which has been going on now for almost 40 years, there are some chapters that are much dearer to me than other chapters as I wrote and as I learned from the Word of God One of the chapters that is so dear to my heart is the chapter that entitled Standing on the Shoulders of Giants. And my beloved friends, let me tell you, as God my witness, next to the grace of God, there were some people in my life to whom I owe everything in my life. I would not be here without these giants in my life. Think about even this morning worship. When you came in today, for us to have a a fresh encounter with the living God as the body of Christ, think about those who have been working hard during the week, those who work behind the scenes, without the faithfulness of those who work and pray and give. (laughs) This time of encounter with the living God would not be possible, would not be what it is. None of us can fulfill our own ministry without a mutual dependence on each other. But there's more. There's more. The Word of God saying to us that some of the hidden members, like your heart and your liver and your lungs, they're hidden from view. Nobody can see them. But they are the most vital organs of your body. The people that you do not see up front are the most vital members of the body of Christ. Can I get an amen? They're At times in my life when I'm discouraged, there are times in my life when I am really doing some real spiritual warfare, and the Holy Spirit says, remember this, you've been prayed for. I can't tell you what that does. It's a transformation that takes place in my life, just knowing that somebody's praying for you. Listen to me. If you're a prayer warrior, and you might never see until you get to heaven what God has used you to do as you exercise your gift of intercession and prayer, how many miracles, how many blessings, how many empowerments and helps that has taken place simply because you have exercised your quiet gift just like the heart is pumping blood, and you can't see it. You may never be visible, but you're a vital part of the body of Christ like a liver or the lungs to the human body. There are some faithful, quiet, sacrificial givers whom nobody will ever hear about, including me, but without whom this global ministry would not be taking place. They may not be visible all, but I believe with all my heart and I have Jesus' Word to affirm this, they're going to, in heaven, they're going to see thousands of people are going to come to them, and they're going to thank them. And they said, because of your sacrificial giving, because of what you have done, I am now in heaven. Amen. I'm convinced that without these quiet, behind-the-scenes ministries, the body could not function, and the body could not bear fruit. The body couldn't even exist, Possibly. Without you exercising your spiritual gifts as a culture, and we bemoan what happened to us, but thank God there are 7,000 knees that have not bowed down to Baal, despite of the disastrous things we see in the culture at large. I can't imagine without the faithful people who are praying and giving and sacrificing and, and exercising their gift, where would it be as a culture? We've been in a far worse situation than we are now. You've heard me say this, and I'm going to keep saying it until I experience it personally when I go home to glory. Some of us who are visible, not visible just in the local church, but even have other visibilities, with all my heart I believe that, that those of us who are visible and have visible gifts are going to be way, way, way in the back in the marriage supper of the Lamb and there'll be nameless, faceless people sitting right next to our Lord Jesus. Beloved, listen to me. It is faithfulness, not visibility, that the Lord is looking for. Let me repeat this. It is faithfulness, not visibility, that the Lord is going to reward. Can you say that with me? It is faithfulness, not visibility, that the Lord is going to reward. Let me share with you some facts that I've read many years ago. And I'm fond of telling because they make a point, as I say this as I conclude. I am told that in the United States there are 768 ships that comprise what referred to n- normally as the mothball navy. Now these vessels apparently anchored in various harbors around the country, and they receive regular maintenance. The externals of these ships are painted and repainted regularly. The hulls are continuously being bombarded by electronic impulses to retard the process of rust and corrosion. There are giant humidifiers that are constantly running to keep the moisture content of the air there in those inner compartments to a proper level. Now mind you while these ships can be ready for combat in a short period of time, but at the present time they're just sitting there doing absolutely nothing. I remember the first time when I read this, I was absolutely mesmerized of how many of God's people could be described as a mothball Christians. I pray to God not one person at the sound of my voice comes under this category. They're being held together through the ministry of concerned believers and friends. Uh, They do not attend church, and when they don't, somebody will check on them. Uh, When they're discouraged, they need somebody to pray for them. They'll pray for them and minister to them. But they themselves never use their spiritual gifts, never minister. Like the Mothball Navy, they are snugly harbor in the church, receiving spiritual help but never ministering, serving, or doing. Beloved, if this describes you, listen to me. I implore you, I implore you before God that you make a decision to change today.
0: A challenge to live a life of faithfulness from Dr. Michael Youssef. Thank you for listening to Leading the Way. You know we understand that not everyone who listens may be a faithful follower of Jesus so if these messages that you hear on this station or today's words from Dr Michael Youssef have brought up faith questions won't you consider a conversation with the leading the way pastor or counselor it's easy start by filling out a short contact form at ltw.org/jesus that's ltw.org Jesus The world in which we live in is in trouble Wars
1: are raging for control of nations and wars are raging for control of lost souls Would you like to be a part of bringing the truth to the nations and to searching souls? Right now Friends of Leading the Way are challenging you to join them in giving a generous financial gift to Leading the Way during this month's December Gift Challenge stand with Dr. Youssef and worldwide teams to equip them to take the gospel to the world in 2024 and beyond. Stand with Dr. Youssef today in this month's December Gift Challenge. Get details at ltw.org. ltw.org.
0: The number to learn more and to stand with Dr. Youssef is 866-626-4356. That's 866-626-4356 or ltw.org, ltw.org. We also love to hear from you through the Postal Service. You can write to us and ask us any questions. You can send us a prayer request. You can share a financial gift. Write to Leading the Way at Post Office Fox 20100, Atlanta, Georgia, 30325
1: As we bring today's episode of Leading the Way to a close allow me to invite you also to watch Leading the Way Television. Each week dig into the truth of God's word and be challenged to love and serve the Savior. Leading the Way Television is available in most areas on TBN, Daystar, NRB, INSP, TCT. Fox Business, and more. Visit ltw.org for details.
0: This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef.